Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This guy is a machine. All he does is work out and pick winners. Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski. Oregon's down by 12. They're on a 45-yard line with no timeouts. Oregon's got an All-American field goal kicker. Why didn't somebody tell me? Chicago Sports Betting Show. Touchdown, Ohio State. There are some folks who are celebrating and others who are saying, you've got to be kidding. You kind of know what I'm thinking about. Over or under? Under would be the key word. Hello? Bet with an edge. He'd find out the kind of inside stuff nobody else knew, and that's what he put his money on. He even figured out the different bounce you got off the different kinds of wood they used on college basketball courts, you know? Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski. A friend of mine is very smart, said I've been very lucky with gambling. I've never won. Saturday mornings on 670 The Score and the Radio.com app. Broadcasting live from the Score Hyundai Studios, presented by your local Hyundai dealers. Early odds with Joe Ostrowski. This is our last Friday at 6 o'clock show. Back to our usual Saturday morning spot, 8 to 9 a.m. next weekend. A Final Four breakdown later on this hour with Eli Herskovich and ESPN's John Gassaway to some baseball betting in just a moment. But we do have some sports betting news to pass along from our lawmakers. Governor Pritzker has decided that now is the time to go back to in-person registration. So the deadline to register is tomorrow night at a sports book. If you do not have the app, the deadline is tomorrow night. If you don't want to do it in person, uh, nothing like Illinois politics, huh? So the state has decided to limit the state sports betting handle impact the potential tax revenue. Okay. Forcing residents to go to casinos if you want to sign up at a sports book. So if you've not done so at a specific book, make sure you do so before tomorrow night. Wonderful. I know. If you want to bet, you probably already have an account, but there are a couple of books lined up to enter the Illinois market in short order, which has not happened yet. So that really hurts them. But stay safe. Stay safe. Can't seem to get out of our own way. All right, let's go to baseball before I get in too much trouble. Opening day yesterday, not the results we were looking for. Cubs off today. White Sox play in a couple of hours. So, Josh Nelson from the Sox Machine joins me on the Alpamonte Nissan Hotline, Alpamonte Nissan in Melrose Park on North Avenue or apnissan.com. Make sure you're following Josh on Twitter at Sox Machine underscore Josh. He's the host of the Sox Machine podcast, Sox Machine. 
Com. I know it wasn't a win in game one, Josh, but you have to feel good because now we're in the flow. It's all started. Baseball is a part of our lives every single day moving forward. How are you? I'm doing well, Joe. Thanks for having me on. And you're right. I know it's a kind of a bummer for White Sox fans, especially in how that game unfolded in the eighth inning on opening day against the Angels. But it is nice to have baseball back. And from even a betting perspective as well, that was a crazy opening day. I hope everyone took the over in the Royals and Rangers game because it hit in the first inning. Uh, What a crazy game that was. And man, if you bet money line on the Rockies to upset the Dodgers, you would have made some good money. So there was great opportunities to make some money in opening day. And I hope that continues, especially the first month of the season. There was the Rockies. There was the Phillies against the Braves. Yeah. There was the Pirates against the Cubs. A lot of money to be made on some of these underdogs. And also on day one, uh, we had to stay up late for it, though, but we were able to pay our respects to one Eloy Jimenez, RIP. <laughs> yeah, that's, you know, uh, Jose Bray is kind of a weird dude. Uh, he's, he's a great player. He's a great leader. I think he's taking this a little too far. Eloy's not dead. He's still a spring chicken. So I'm sure he's going to recover just nicely from his ruptured tendon in his, uh, in his left pec muscle. But now, listen, if Jose Abreu at age 35 ruptured his tendon in his left pack. We would have some serious questions mm. and doubts about his future, especially in the power department, but he's not dead. It's, it's a little overblown, but you know, I guess we'll see if they continues in game two and beyond. For the most part, everyone did have a, a good laugh over that last night. If you miss what we're talking about, the Aloy jersey is hanging in the Sox dugout. <laughs> Everybody signed it. And at the start of the game, as they're announcing the lineups, you know, Jose Abreu is out there on the field holding up the Aloy jersey. Uh, make sure he still feels like he's part of the team. This is Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski, Sports Radio 670. The score of my guest, Josh Nelson. And Josh, I want to talk about some of your season-long bets. Mm-hmm. Some I agree with and some I uh, took a different route on. I uh, want to go over that because, you know, just because the season started, you guys can still bet all this. That's what's so great with legalization. These markets for MVP, Cy Young, Hits Leader, Home Run King, all these stay open throughout the season. But uh, as far as tonight's matchup, uh, I'm looking at Keuchel versus Haney, a matchup of Southpaws. Now, in the back of my mind, I'm not saying I'm worried about it. I just think it's notable that in the two-month sample size, yes, Keuchel's so impressive with a sub-two ERA, but the peripherals not as strong. It was mo- more around a four xFIP. But Sox have been dominating left-handed pitching for a long time, whatever metric you want to take a look at slugging on base OPS batting average, ISO power, they crush it. So as a slight underdog tonight, I think it's a good spot to back the Southsiders. Yeah, absolutely. This morning, uh, when the books updated their numbers, Joe, I hopped on white Sox money line plus 100. So even money. And I'm with you. I think this lineup We saw last night against Dylan Bundy. I think this lineup is going to struggle against some of the better right-handed pitching in baseball because they don't have a true outstanding left-handed hitter. Their best left-handed bats are all switch hitters with Yohan Makata 
and Yasmani Grandal. And with Mikata, he's strongest from his left side. And I think he's weaker on the right side. Where Grandal, I think he's better batting right-handed. And the same thing with Lurie Garcia. I don't think Lurie Garcia is a good left-handed hitter anymore. I think he's sufficient batting right-handed. So really, the White Sox only have one strong left-handed hitter. And that is Yohan Mikata in their lineup against righties. So I think they're always going to struggle against righties. But man, for the Angels, I understand why Joe Madden... Uh, hid Jose Quintana in this opening series <laughs> against the White Sox uh, because you really want to limit the amount of left-handers going up against this White Sox team because they are so right-handed dominant. And I am expecting the White Sox to score more than the three runs they did in opening day. And I think it is a wise investment. If you can find the money line still at plus 100, or I would even say negative 105 money line for the White Sox, uh, to take that. It still might be a close game. Uh, I know some folks are a bit uneasy doing the one and a half run spread. I get it, uh, especially with so many one run games that happen on opening day. But the money line market is still pretty good for the White Sox. So if you can find it at those two values, I say jump on it for tonight. Let's overreact a little bit. This is what we do, right? Uh, this is why we love it so much. After less than 1% of the season is now done. In the back of your mind, Josh, do you have any concerns about the bullpen? Now, we know in, it's an impressive pen, and Larusa will go to it sometimes early. I think often. Mm -hmm. The bullpen was so good last, last year. Bullpens are tough to project, very fickle. Are you yes. worried that all of these pieces won't pitch to uh, their 2020 levels? I think just naturally for anyone that follows the game of baseball, you have to be because of the point that you made, Joe, bullpens are fickle. There are very few relievers in Major League Baseball that you can count on season in, season out. And I think for me, I don't have any concerns about Cody Hoyer. He was shaky to start, but then he got into rhythm and he was very good. I have cons some concerns about Aaron Bummer. He's allowed a lot of ground balls last night, but if the defense is not going to play well behind him, well, then he's really going to have to strike out hitters. And because of the three batter minimum uh, and his elite stuff, I still think that the White Sox are going to trust him to face elite right-handed hitters like he did in opening day against Mike Trout and Anthony Rendon. And those are going to be some tough matchups uh, for Bummer. Uh, even though he did strike out Rendon, uh, but then he ended up having a tough battle against Justin Upton and Upton drew a 11 pitch walk, which is anything that's 10 plus pitches for a reliever and any at bat Joe is just detrimental to how the rest of that inning or the rest of their performance are going to have in that game because they only have so many bullets that you really want them to throw. So I'm going to be interested to see on how Aaron Bummer bounces back, uh, but the defense didn't do him any favors last night. And with the bullpen, you know, these guys should be missing a lot of bats. They have elite stuff, but the White Sox defense really needs to step up and help out their relievers and limit the amount of mistakes that they have, especially in high leverage situations. Josh, let's also talk about some of your season long bets that are already in the hopper. And I don't know when you placed your Andrew Vaughn 15 to one Rookie of the Year wager. I'm, I'm intrigued by that because this number has been moving over the last couple of weeks. I've been talking about it 
here on Early Odds. It's going to be a competitive race for this AL Rookie of the Year. I got involved, too, and it was not fun. I'll talk about that in a minute. But mm-hmm. why why were you so sold on uh, Vaughn with a shot at getting the award this year? So I placed my bet on March 25th. It was plus 1,500, and I thought that's good enough value. And with Aloy Jimenez being hurt, I really thought, okay, now there's no choice. Andrew Vaughn must be part of the White Sox 26-man roster on opening day. They need his bat in the lineup. Now, I didn't think that they were being serious about having him play left field, um, which we'll see possibly this opening weekend against the Angels. And I still chuckle at the thought because, man, is that a risky proposition by the White Sox? But the fact that I just figured Andrew Vaughn is going to make 140 plus starts this season, Joe, that's why I'm putting money on Andrew Vaughn, because if he hits as well as I think he can hits more than 20 home runs and has an on-base percentage of higher than 350, and he's slugging 480 for someone that did not play double a baseball and missed all of minor league baseball in 2020. If he performs up to that level, Joe, he's going to receive so much hype from the national writers that it's going to feed him votes in this race, because we have to remember human beings are selecting these awards. And I think the narrative is going to be really strong for Andrew Vaughn. He was 30 to one in February, and then it just kept dropping and I didn't want to miss out on the action. So I threw some money at plus 1500 on March 25th. And I think you can get him at plus 1200 right now. Uh, so the, the price continues to shrink as the season progresses. When we talk about player awards, that is something that we have to remember. You are also handicapping humans, yeah. not just the best player on the best team. And sometimes that doesn't even matter uh, the results of the records. But what is the narrative? What are these voters going to buy into? So it's so competitive. I mentioned that because of, well, one, Andrew Vaughn, a Rosarena onto the scene big time in the playoffs. Yep. There are some other Sox fans that are betting on other White Sox players like Madrigal or a little value in Kopech. I don't see any way those guys can make it with some of the other names that are at the top of the board like Kalenic. But I went somewhere else, and it's because I, I believe in what this team can do, that they can outperform the expectations. I'm talking about a club also in the American League Central, We know Bobby Wood Jr. is going to be called up in short order. It feels like a ton of value for him to be across the board right now, 25 to 1 for AL Rookie of the Year. So I went in on Wood Jr. Uh, I am making that bet as we speak right now. (laughs) Uh, So I'm also getting Bobby Wood Jr. at 25 to 1. And I agree with you, Joe, because I think the Kansas City Royals are going to be a frisky team. Bobby Wood Jr. had such a terrific spring training that writers are not going to forget that. And after, let's say, a month of playing double-A ball, and Bobby Wood Jr. is putting up ridiculous numbers. Let's say he's hitting like 350, and he's got like seven home runs in his first month of double-A. And the Royals are, again, like I mentioned, being frisky. They're hovering around 500. I could see general manager Dane Moore, especially if there's an injury, saying, all right, kid, too good for double a let's see how you do in the major leagues and bring him up and you know having their future shortstop in the lineup every single day or moving him to third base and still having mondesi at short and if that happens 
And if Witt Jr. continues to hit like he did in spring training, Joe, I'm with you because then Witt Jr. also has that strong narrative case like Andrew Vaughn does. And that will really help propel his case to be rookie of the year. The question, of course, with Witt Jr. or the risk that you'd be playing into is, will he play enough games? But I think we have seen in past years that if you play at least at least 75 games in a season, you still got a chance to win rookie of the year. You just have to make a great deal of impact. But Bobby Wood Jr. has got the talent to provide that type of impact for Kansas City in 2021. Yeah, a lot of different guys that could be a part of this. This is going to be one of the fun races to watch. Bobby Dahlbeck also getting a lot of support yes. with the Red Sox. This is Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski. My guest, Josh Nelson, SoxMachine.com. Check him out on Twitter, at SoxMachine.com underscore josh so josh you also played two divisions like myself mm -hmm. now there is one that we agree with when i saw you you tweet me your bets i was like yes i found somebody else to waste some money <laughs> on this long shot and it is in the al central we're just talking about bobby wood jr so let's hit on the royals the win totals at 73 and a half but both of us took a dart throw at the Royals to win the AL Central at 40 to 1. Here's my case, and then please add on, in addition to what we just said about Bobby Witt Jr., what I do like is that the Royals are at least going for it. They're mm -hmm. trying to improve when half the damn league is just like, you know what, we're not going to compete for a playoff spot, so we're not going to try. The additions of Benintendi and Santana and kind of underrated Mike Miner in the rotation. And that younger rotation quietly middle of the pack last year in that two month sample size. I expect the Royals to exceed expectations. Am I talking 90 wins? No, I'm not talking 90 wins. I think around 500, mm -hmm. but there is an outside chance that things go poorly for the White Sox. Like it already has with the Aloy Jimenez injury. And they are a couple players short in the lineup. You know, maybe the twins have their struggles. And maybe crazy things happen. It happens every single year with one team in baseball. So uh, both of us ended up taking a shot on the Royals. So what's your case? I think for the Royals offense that they have a chance to be very good because it's a nice blend of power on base and speed. The signing of Carlos Santana, taking him away from Cleveland really hurts the Cleveland Indians offense because even though Santana has a low batting average, uh, he's going to provide, I think, 20-plus home runs, but the dude walks all of the time. Uh, he's always on base, it seems like. On opening day, he walked three times. And then you have players like Mondesi and Merrifield that are not afraid to run, and so you got some speed there. And you also have some power. And Jorge Soler, who led the American League in home runs in 2019, and we mentioned Bobby Witt Jr. could also provide some power. And Salvador Perez is still one of the better offense of catchers in the American League. I just think that this is a team that's going to provide a lot of headaches and they're going to play Minnesota and Chicago tough in 2021, especially in the offensive side. I think they're going to put up runs and I do think they're going to finish third in the American League Central. I think the Cleveland Indians have one of the worst offenses in Major League Baseball oh. and they are wasting uh, as far as Bieber and Plesak in this starting rotation, I don't know what their long-term future is going to be with Jose Ramirez and how they want to, I think they want to keep him. Well, we'll see He's still under contract for a couple more seasons, but Cleveland is going to struggle so much just trying to score four runs a game and support their pitching staff. 
I I see Cleveland finishing fourth in this American League Central, and we mentioned injuries. Yeah, Aloy Jimenez is on the injured list. Byron Buxton is no stranger to the injured list. Neither is Miguel Sano. Uh, and if the Twins lose both of those guys and their offense is not as dangerous as it usually is, it may only take 90 wins to ma- win the American League Central, Joe. So if you're looking for a long shot out of all the long shots, I can make a case and drop a scenario that, yeah, Kansas City shocks the world and they win the American League Central. And if you put 25 bucks on them at 40 to one odds, I mean, you can make a cool grand. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people have wasted $25 in other <laughs> means, uh, but that's kind of how I'm looking at it and what I'm rolling with. Even though I'm a White Sox fan, I think Kansas City's got a chance to really impress folks this year. And they were an easy slam dunk over on the team wins for me. My other division play, Josh, is the White Sox opponent this opening series. I'm looking at the Angels mm-hmm. as the third favorite in the AL West. The vision is wide open after all the losses this athletics roster is dealing with. I've been going back and forth throughout the offseason. Is it going to be the Astros or is it going to be the Angels? And I landed on the Angels here. Trout finally gets into the postseason with Joe Madden as the manager. Of course, we have the big addition of Rendon. Didn't really get to see that last season. Otani could be big this season. There are a lot of smart betters that are putting some money on Otani to be the MVP this season. I expect them to add to the rotation once they prove that they are a quality ball club. But I think a lot of people will be happy to see Trout in the playoffs. I'm uh, I'm in on Angels winning the West. What is your division play? I, I like the Angels. That's I predicted them to win the American West. I am a nice. fool. I forgot to actually place a bet on the Angels. So as you were just going through <laughs> your explanation, I just put a bet on the Angels to win the American League West at plus 375. I'm sure you got better odds than I do. Um, but I'm with you. I mean, the Astros are going to be a strong contender. They're at plus 125 on the DraftKings book. And Oakland's at plus 145. I'm with you. I think Oakland is one of those teams that was an easy under win total bet for me this upcoming season I think it's going to be between the Angels and the Astros and I'm with you and we saw this on opening day even though they only scored four runs against the White Sox the top half of this lineup with David Fletcher and Otani and Trout and Rendon and Upton who can still be productive on the offensive side that's a tough first five hitters that you have to go through for any starting pitcher and i think joe madden will figure it out he's navigated stormy waters before both in tampa and chicago when it comes to pitching staffs and uh, i think that he'll find a way to get the angels into the playoffs this year and i'm with you i'm on the angels winning the american league west bandwagon Look at you, Josh. You're just lobbing the ball right into the hot zone. I'm knocking it out of the park. You you mentioned Fletcher, and it leads me into the conversation of the hits leader market. Talked a little bit about it last week. I am on Fletcher. You mentioned the contract is now done for him. I thought there was a ton of value with the Angels' everyday leadoff hitter at 40-1 to to be your hits leader. And I noticed you're involved with this market. You made multiple bets. Uh, looking for the hits leader. What'd you do? Yeah. Yeah. So Dan Zaborski of fangrafts.com, his zips projection system. I like to lean 
on that projection system because it's thousands of simulations and here is the median results. It's really good, by the way, man. I have won home run pools following the Zips projection. Oh, Zips got me Jose Abreu RBI leader last year. It got me Shane Bieber, Scion, and it got me the hits winner last year as well. I hit three futures bets with Zips last year. Nice. Zips has Raphael Devers of the Boston Red Sox leading the league in hits, and he was at plus 22 to one. So I went with Devers and then I went with Turner who led the league last year in hits with a, and he's projected for 176 hits, three hits fewer than Devers. Your man Fletcher, he's projected for 171. So he's right up there on the top of the list. And that's a great bet as well as 40 to one. And I also have money on Tim Anderson. If you believe that Tim Anderson is going to be competing again for another hitting title in the American League, well, the only way he can do that is, duh, get hits. Uh, So I think Tim Anderson, if he plays every single day and if he avoids the injured list, he's one of those guys that's got an outside shot of getting 200 hits in this season. And I, I put some coin on Anderson as well to be the hits leader. I think this is going to be a fascinating race that goes all the way to the end of the season. It's somewhat like the, the home runs race as well. It's a combination of obviously skill, you know, which guys are, you know, the type of hitters that constantly make good contact and rack up base hits, not just home runs. Uh, so you're betting on different types of players, but who can stay healthier the longest that that is a huge factor in this type of MLB futures bets. And if you're listening to this now and you want to jump on board, I would go with Devers Turner, go with Joe's guy, David Fletcher and Tim Anderson. I think that's a strong four hitters that you can place some money on right now to be the league leader and hits at the end of the season. Early odds with Joe Ostrowski, my guest, Josh Nelson, SoxMachine.com. I want to follow up on TA. I'm sick of sounding stupid, right? Like all, <laughs> all the logic in the world tells us after a sample size of two seasons, a year and a half of actual baseball, this can't continue. The batting average of balls in play, it's going to come back down. This is what years and years, decades of baseball has shown us. Why? Does it continue with Tim Anderson? Is regression going to finally happen in 2021? I think Anderson is making some adjustments. Pitchers have been trying to stay away on the outside corner against him. And he, during spring training, has demonstrated he has no problem flicking those outside fastballs and outside sliders to right field for easy singles. The question that we've been having is, is Tim Anderson going to sacrifice some power to continue to be a plus 300 hitter because is his offensive mindset uh, is more of, I need to get on base more frequently because I have some heavy hitters behind me and I'm more focused on hits and run scored this season than home runs. And we'll see. I think that's going to be a story to follow in 2021 as a hitter, Joe, he's more disciplined And he has the ability to make contact on all sorts of different pitches. He's not going to walk. Okay. He just doesn't have that type of patience. His walk rate, I would be surprised if it's higher than 7% this season. If it it gets that high, the only way Anderson's going to get on base is putting the ball in play. And I just think he's always going to be one of those guys that has a naturally high batting average on balls in play, Joe. And I I know that fans uh, and media are waiting for that number and waiting for the regression and waiting for that BABIP to crash back to like 320. I just don't see it happening. I think he's going to be someone who can 
consistently be a 360 or 370 BABIP type of hitter, and that will allow him to have high batting averages. And when you're looking at MLB futures bets and league leaders and hits, Anderson's going to be up there. Josh, I was not involved in the RBI market. This is something that I might jump on midseason. I am thinking in the back of my mind, if you have some home run hitters, maybe that get off to a slow start, cold Mm -hmm. weather, maybe you'll be able to find some value as they move down the board a little bit. But tell us about your process and picks for RBI leader. So again, I'm, I'm leaning on zips here. Zips has Juan Soto driving in 141 RBIs in 2021, Joe. Are they going to play games? Well, that's a great question, (laughs) isn't it? Uh, 15 more than second place Marcel Azuna. Okay. So I went with Soto. He was like a plus 800. He had a player prop bet in the DraftKings book for over under 118 and a half RBIs. It was plus 110 for the over. And I took the over on that. We know that Juan Soto is a gifted hitter. He's one of the special hitters in all of Major League Baseball. As long as he can stay healthy, I have no doubt that he can drive in that many runs for the Washington Nationals. Uh, The other player that I put some money on is the guy who won it last year, and that's Jose Abreu. You can count on Abreu to drive in more than 100 runs if he plays 135-plus games in a season for the Chicago White Sox. He just consistently finds a way to drive in runs. And – I took the same type of, you know, 60 game stretch they played in 2020. And I looked at 2019 numbers and look who led the league in RBIs during the same 60 game stretch in 2020 as in 2019. Mm -hmm. It was Jose Abreu. Uh, So I think Jose Abreu, who's projected to lead the American League in RBIs, is also another good bet. Here's someone I want to float to you. And he's kind of down on the list when it comes to futures bets. How do you feel about Reese Hoskins as an offensive hitter? Uh, just RBIs? Just RBIs. You know, batting behind Bryce Harper. Yeah, I like uh, it. Hoskins is projected for 112 RBIs. That could be one of your sneaky long shot RBI type of bets because everybody else, you know, they're the common names, you know, Azuna, Bellinger, Machado, Acuna Jr. We already mentioned Devers, you know, Stan, Alonzo, Freeman. Everybody knows these guys, but the thing about RBIs in the futures bet market is that you're not going to see like the plus 250 American League MVP, right? Type of bets for Mike Trout. These are all going to be guys that are plus 10 to one or even higher. And they're all really good hitters. And again, it's just like the hits market who can stay healthy, but it is all about opportunity. So I, I like to pick the sluggers on the teams that I think are going to be good one and two are going to be in the top 10 in the offense. And for Soto who gets an opportunity to drive in Trey Turner, who I think is going to be on base a lot this year. Uh-huh. I, I think Soto has got to be the favorite, but man, Jose Abreu, that guy just finds a way to drive in runs. And I got him uh, at 20 to one back in January to lead the league again in RBIs. I, I had to put money on him because he's been good so far. Did he win you a lot of money last year? He won me a lot of money. 40 to one, Joe. 40, 40 to one. And did you get that in the middle? You're talking MVP or RBI? Odds? RBI. I got a, I got that in June. Did you do MVP too? No, because I'm an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so mad at myself still. I we watched him play every was game. It, I just, one? yeah, it was a hundred to one to start yeah. the season. I didn't, 
even give in until the very end of the season just because of the voters. Just thinking about the voters, I'm like, they're going to look anywhere else. They're going to put Ramirez in. Watch, watch. And I resisted, I resisted, and there it is. Abreu, good for him. I'm happy for him. I'm shocked that you didn't have something on him. Not not for MVP, but, you know, for something like RBIs, absolutely. I just, good. you know, Joe, I wasn't expecting first baseman to win the MVP award again because writers are valuing war, and that obviously – takes in defense and we're going to see a lot more shortstop and center fielders winning the MVP, but in a 60 game stretch, we saw two first basemen last year, win the MVP, I don't expect that this year, you know, 2020 was weird, man. And we got some really weird results. And if you were lucky enough to jump on those weird bandwagons, congratulations. No doubt, man. That is Josh Nelson, host of the Sox machine podcast. Subscribe to that and follow him on Twitter at Sox machine underscore josh josh best of luck with all your season long bets and of course the white Sox winning tonight since we both bet them we break down every mlb game five days a week on my podcast betql daily subscribe five stars subscribe five stars thank you you can listen and watch live on 105.9 fm hd to the bet on the odyssey app or on the odyssey sports youtube page monday through friday 9 a.m to noon want to know how to bet tomorrow's final four semis? Keep it here. This is Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski. Back to Saturdays at 8 next week on 670, the score in the Odyssey app. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The Score listener line is open 24-7, 365, and powered by BetQL. Bet smarter, beat the books. Download the BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com. Early odds with Joe Ostrowski, usually Saturdays, 8 to 9 a.m. on 670 The Score. Uh, back to that schedule next week. Today on my pod, BetQL Daily, Chris Ranji co-hosted, and we preview tomorrow's Final Four matchups with Eli Herskovich. Hear from him in a few minutes. Uh, but first, here's ESPN College basketball writer John Gassaway on the Baylor Bears-Houston Cougars matchup. The thing is that Houston is just uh, outstanding at rebounding at both ends of the floor, and uh, Baylor can have problems specifically on the defensive class. That's not how they live. Uh, they that doesn't matter for that matters in fact less for Baylor than it would any other team in the field because they they generate so many takeaways that even if they are uh, relatively uh, underwhelming on the defensive class you're talking about a small number of, of possessions there so they have gotten away with it they can get away with it I'm not saying that you know Houston's going to run away with this thing because they can offensive rebound but I, I do expect that this is going to be a close game. I do expect Houston to uh, take this uh, past the final TV timeout because, you know, they don't need to make shots. That's not how they work at all. Uh, what they need to do is get shots up on the rim because, A, that will say they haven't committed a turnover yet. You know, that that vexes Baylor one way. And then, B, they've got an outstanding shot at, you know, getting a second chance. Uh, tough on defense, obviously, and if Quentin Grimes can make some threes, that will help. But I really expect a, a very good game there. And really, John, this seems like, and, and maybe this is just too simple of a way to put it, but if Houston can limit Baylor uh, from making three-pointers, and that's a team that's the best in the country or one of the best in the country at uh, three-point efficiency, is it just that simple? If you can limit the amount of damage they do from the outside, Houston wins this game? Yeah, I mean, obviously, if if uh, Baylor is hitting from outside, that that changes things. They still look great on paper. Uh, the reality is, uh, what's on paper is substantially uh, a lot of residue from before the before the COVID pause. Their shooting has gone from incredible, like Gonzaga level uh, before COVID to very good now. But uh, there's a big difference. <laughs> They're still very good. And if they if they channel that spirit from from January times, then you know all bets are off. I mean, obviously they can uh, they, they can put this away if they're both making threes and recording takeaways. So you're exactly right. And the vexing thing for an opponent is uh, you know those threes, of course, can come from anywhere. You know, I mean Teague, Flagler, you know, a reserve, uh, much less the you know stars uh, Mitchell and Butler. So it is a tough assignment. John, the primetime matchup, Gonzaga against UCLA. The Zags are favored by 14, a total of 145 and a half. With this uh, Bruins run and and McCronin, I don't know that I've ever seen a, a uh, free throw defense like we've seen from the Bruins. It's really been unbelievable. And to suggest that they're lucky, it, it kind of feels like it's a shot. I don't mean to do that, but man, I, I haven't seen anything like this in a while. <laughs> no, you know. 
great teams get lucky too. You know, luck that that's the nature yeah. of it is that it, it falls everywhere. <laughs> you know, not just on, you know, mediocre teams, but not that UCLA is mediocre at all. They're in, they're in April, but I mean, in some senses, you know, Alabama, which was, you know, a, a great team, uh, they too were fortunate in how often opponents missed threes and, until of course the opponent was UCLA. So that's, there's no knock at all. There's been free throw defense for the Bruins. There's also been uh, three-point defense. Uh, Their opponents in the tournament, and of course there's been five, so this is a healthy sample size, Uh, they've shot less than 25% uh, on their threes. It's really low. Not the lowest we've ever seen uh, at the Final Four a few years ago. Syracuse opponents were shooting 15%, which is amazing when they got to the Final Four. But uh, UCLA has been fortunate that way. And... uh, Alabama and Michigan were a combined 10 of 39 and even one more make from, from either of those teams could have made the difference. So, you know, it's been a, it's been a close thing for the Bruins, but give them full credit, give Johnny Juzang in particular full credit. You know, he, he was good enough to make these, you know, close games when a lot of people would have thought, you know, no, this isn't going to be close against Alabama. This was not going to be close against Michigan. Well, you know, tell that to Juzang, tell that to, you know, his teammates, uh, they they got it, you know, to the final possession, and then they won it. So they they absolutely deserve the credit. That was college hoop scribe John Gassaway with me today on BetQL Daily. Here's Eli Herskovich, and we started with how the Baylor Houston game is probably our only shot at a tight contest tomorrow. Yeah, it has to be. If there's going to be one competitive game of the two college basketball games, you would hope this is it because I will definitely shed a tear uh, if UCLA keeps that game close against Gonzaga. The key to this game for Houston is getting offensive rebounds. They're one of the best uh, offensive rebounding teams in college basketball. They're elite at game rebounding despite their size, a little limited in, in size overall. But what Baylor does that can present an issue for their own defense is they pressure the ball so much. So when you pressure the ball on the perimeter, they play that no middle defense. They want to keep you outside the paint in terms of your dribble penetration that allows for some guys to leak in and get offensive rebounds. And when you have your guards uh, being as good as they are on the offensive glass, like Houston uh, has in terms of the backcourt with Sasser, Jarreau, who plays like a, a four sometimes, and he can guard your best ball handler at the other ends of the floor. If Houston can get offensive rebounds and create second chance opportunities, slow the pace and be efficient enough in the half court. That's the other key to this game is when it comes down to offense, Baylor has the better offense. So if this is a, a a one possession game down the stretch, let's say Baylor's up by three in the final two minutes, I would bet that Baylor's going to cover the game. But if this is, you know, tied, if Houston's up, if they're getting offensive rebounds and slowing down the tempo and keeping Baylor in the half court, they have the defense to match up with Jarreau against Mitchell, Jarreau against T, Jarreau against Butler. They have one of the best on-ball defenders in college basketball, even though Baylor has that too in Davion Mitchell. So if Houston can play at their pace and do what they do best, which is getting offensive rebounds, they'll cover this game. And it's at five and a half right now. I think the only book that has it at a five and a half is MGM. I would take the five and a half with the Cougars. Yeah. And I asked this question of John Gassaway when we had him on and as good of a three point shooting team as Baylor is, he said, you know, they, they haven't been quite as good as they were before uh, the COVID break that they had. Will it be easier now than maybe it would have been two months ago for Houston to hold them down shooting threes? 
It's a good question. And I think the best example is the Villanova game going back to a couple weeks ago in the Sweet 16, where Villanova's length was a problem for the first, let's say, 30 minutes of the game. And they have a really good on-ball defender, Brandon Slater, who got hurt in the final 10 minutes that cost Villanova. And he's also a good ball handler. The difference is... When, again, when Baylor plays at their pace, when they're pushing the tempo, when they're limiting the opponent from getting second chance opportunities, they're going to run out to the three-point line. And one of the best three-point shooters in college basketball is Macy O.T., their wing. So when they're playing at that sort of a, a rate and speeding you up, they're going to get looks from three. And that's what they did to Villanova in the second half in the final 10 minutes. They sped up Villanova, they forced turnovers, and they pushed the tempo. Houston doesn't turn the ball over much. And I know Gassaway said that uh, Baylor's last few opponents have turned the ball over and they don't normally turn the ball over. Villanova was without their starting point guard in Colin Gillespie and Arkansas's offense is inconsistent. I've never bought into Arkansas, but while Houston has had a, a pretty clear path to come out of this region, especially after Illinois, uh, shout out to Jake right there. Rest in peace to his fight in Illini <laughs> lost to Loyola Chicago oh, in the round of 32 wipe all day. <laughs> rest, in peace. rest in rest peace. Rest in peace. And Jake. And, yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> God, that's unreal. If 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 Houston can limit their turnovers, which I think they'll be able to because of their elite ball handling, I, I think they'll keep Baylor from running out to the three point line. So that's kind of my answer to that. Ranji is it, it Baylor can shoot threes. They could hit threes, but they're best at it when they're doing it in transition. Yeah. Eli's going to shed a tear. You know this, right? Like there's three Why? games oh. left for him to bet on. Yeah, it's that's almost true. over. Are you looking at any player props, Eli? It's fascinating. Now, once you get to this point, you can find player props on three-pointers made, which I love to uh, bet in the NBA. Dude, it's unbelievable. The amount yeah. of the amount of action you can get down on these Final Four and then title game. I think I'll bet more player props on the title game just because we have nothing left, so might as well go all out on the last game of the college basketball yeah. season. But a couple that I do like, so I mentioned rebounding. I don't know what the numbers are going to come out as for... I don't know if you have it up on points bet, Joe, but Jerome... Total rebounds, I think, is worth five and a, a half. Look. Yeah, I think that's worth a look for the over because of how well he crashes the glass at both ends of the floor. He's not going to take a ton of jump shots. That's where Sasser, Grimes, and a couple of the guards uh, provide that for Houston off the bench. So I think Jarreau, uh over on the rebound total at five and a half is a pretty solid play. Uh, real quick, Eli, the other game, everybody just assumes Gonzaga is going to win. I, I don't see. It's funny. We're talking about UCLA like a mid-major that the only way they can win is if they just start shooting a ton of threes and making them. That That's probably the, the only way they, they advance in this game. But the um, the spread in this one is at 14 right now. Is there any chance it's closer to that? Maybe a backdoor, maybe, but we saw in the Gonzaga USC game, Gonzaga slowed down the tempo in the second half. So if they were playing full force, full throttle, they, they win that game by 30 points against USC without a problem. Kind of like the Virginia game going back to the middle part of non-conference play where they were up by 35, I think in the first half. Now USC is better than that, but I'm just making the point that Gonzaga could have blown out USC even more than they, than they did by 20 plus points. So for UCLA, the only way they hang around in that game, the only way they keep it within 14 besides a potential backdoor is Johnny Juzang going off for like 40 points, 30 points. It has to wow. be something like a heroic effort for Juzang, and they have to control the tempo. That's the key to this game, similar to Houston Baylor is. Uh, you, UCLA plays at such a slow tempo, and Gonzaga wants to speed you up. I see no way, unless Gonzaga is just missing shots, and 
and UCLA is forcing them to hit threes and Gonzaga can't get to the paint. But UCLA is a pretty poor interior defense. There's no way to me this lines up as a 10-point game, a 9-point game, a 5-point game with five minutes to go, unless Juzang just goes berserk and Hakez goes off and Tiger Campbell has a really solid scoring performance and their big doesn't get into foul trouble, Cody Riley. I just don't see a way this game is close. Drew Timmy, his number is at 19 and a half for points. How are you betting this? Because it sounds like you're not going to jump in on a side. Are you doing player props or what? I think I'm just going to watch and hopefully laugh or cry. If, if You're going to bet it live. You are 100% <laughs> going to bet it live. I see no way I'm betting this game live. I don't want to touch it. I just Maybe a player prop. Maybe I, I like over points. I think if Gonzaga can push the floor, that might be worth a look. Andrew Nemhard too. Like either of those guards can go off. What what is uh the point total? What about for? when it's UCLA plus twenty four and a half? Can no, you bet it. I don't want it. I want them to lose by thirty. I have lost a ton of money over the last two games <laughs> betting Alabama second half and Michigan second half. I'm not touching UCLA. No shot. <laughs> but you like Houston. No yes. shot. <laughs> no shot. Familiar line to some. So you're going to have like five, six bets on Monday? Hopefully. Well, it will be the last game of the year. Eli Hershkovich with myself and Chris Ranji on BetQL Daily. Eli will be here on the score at 7 o'clock, taking you up to Bulls basketball. Follow me on Twitter, at Joe0670, at Joe0670. And check out BetQL Daily, weekdays, 9 a.m. to noon, on 105.9 FM HD2, on the Odyssey app, on the podcast. No excuses. PointsBet has some baseball promos that they're going to be running all season long, and there are more Derby preps races this weekend. Jim Miller drops by next. This is Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski on 670 The Score in the Odyssey app. Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski on a Friday evening on Sports Radio 670 The Score. Back to our usual Saturday spot next week, Saturdays 8 to 9 a.m. Remember, 8 to 9 a.m. And over the last month, we've been doing this Friday night thing, but back to Saturday mornings next week. PointsBet is giving customers the power to choose their own bad beat refund for March college basketball. Send PointsBet your bad beat for college basketball between today and April 5th that you would like refunded after the tournament. Your bet will be refunded in free bets up to 50 bucks. And every week here on Early Odds, we check in with Jim Miller over at Hawthorne Racecourse. Jim joins me on the Alpamonte Nissan Hotline, Alpamonte Nissan in Melrose Park on North Avenue or apnissan.com. Jim, I know uh, at least one positive thing occurred with your White Sox in game number one. You got that 20 bucks <laughs> because they scored at least a run. Yeah, exactly. And, and I'll tell you, we talked about that last week with it being free money, Joe, and, and you have to pounce on those opportunities. They did score a run. They scored it early, so you didn't have to sweat that either. Their pitching is going to be good, even though the bullpen kind of had a little hiccup in game one. Question is if there's going to be enough offense or not, but I, I think they're going to be in a whole lot of ball games this year. Give me the details on this other uh, baseball promo going on at points bet every day throughout the season. Yeah, every Cubs and White Sox game, PointsBet is offering home run insurance. And what it is, is you look at these games, Joe, and there's so many options to make wagers. There's 140 options each and every game. One of those options is will a player hit a home run? Now, if you want to go out there and select any player to hit a home run on your Cubs or White Sox every single game, if they don't do it, if they don't hit the home run in that game, but the Cubs or the White Sox win, you're still going to get back $25 or up to $25 in free bets. So say 
You bet 25 bucks on Jose Abreu to homer. He doesn't homer, but the Sox win. You're getting that $25 back in credit. The odds are always great for these guys to hit a home run. You're going to get a nice return. And I think as the season progresses, you, you know you see a lot more long balls as things heat up. But it is. It's a really cool promotion. You're going to have to stay up late again tonight to watch your yeah. White Sox. Now, I'm not looking at the home run market. I am backing the Sox as a slight road dog with Keuchel on the bump going up against a left-handed pitcher. I think the Sox bounce back and you're one and one after tonight. What do you think? Yeah, I agree with you there. I mean, you, you know what? You're trying to get kind of just caught up in, into, into really game action. You're seeing more and more fans in the stands. I think there had 13,000 fans last night there in Anaheim. So that was really cool to see. But you're right. Keuchel's a guy who he throws a lot of ground balls, which is good. Defensively, even though, again, they had a little bit of a hiccup, they're going to be okay. I'm with you, though. I do think they get the job done. Jim Miller of Hawthorne Racecourse with me. This is Early Out to Joe Ostrowski, Sports Radio 670, The Score. And you have a trifecta of derby preps for the people. What are they, Jim? Yeah, there's three great races on Saturday afternoon. They're all 100-point races, and even though it's a holiday weekend, that really doesn't change things for horse racing. So here's the three races to look at. Start at Aqueduct, race number 10, the Wood Memorial. Bet the two-horse crowded trade across the board. This is a horse with only two lifetime starts. Improving every start out will be overlooked a little bit. And then go to Keeneland. Race 11 is the Bluegrass. Here could be your long shot of the day. 20 to 1 odds on the one hidden stash. I've followed this horse throughout the course of the Triple Crown Trail. The horse gets better the longer he runs. He should be very good as well. And then Santa Anita Race 8 is the Santa Anita Derby. Look at the two-horse Dream Shake across the board. Again, will be overlooked a little bit. Another lightly raced horse, but he draws well and should be very tough. How's the action been going throughout the tournament over at Hawthorne Racecourse? Uh, of course, all the big games tomorrow with uh, the Final Four, Major League Baseball yep. full swing, Masters around the corner. Yeah, and I'll tell you, it's been really nice to be able to have a little bit more capacity there because things have been busy. They've been hopping, and it's been good. At Hawthorne, at our points by, uh, sportsbook in Crestwood and in Prospect Heights, all have been very busy. We're still taking reservations, and that's the thing because now you have the Masters coming up. That gets a lot of action there. Baseball gets a lot of action. Like you said, you have the final four. So call ahead, make those reservations because all of those locations are going to be busy. Excellent. Jim Miller at Hawthorne Racecourse. Jim, let's talk next Saturday. All right, you got it. Thanks, Joe. Good luck. If you missed any of the last hour, a reminder that you can always use the Rewind feature on the Odyssey app or subscribe to the Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski podcast that will be posted shortly. Fresh sports betting angles and interviews five days a week on my podcast, BetQL Daily. Search BetQL Daily on the podcast catcher of your choice. Also live on the Odyssey app and the Odyssey Sports YouTube page, now live on 105.9 FM HD2, The Bat here in Chicago, weekdays 9 a.m. to noon. Talk Monday on BetQL Daily. Eli Hershkovich is next here on The Score for your college hoops betting fix. Here's to a fun and profitable weekend. Keep it locked right here on 670 The Score. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. 